0: And we're going to be at the Siren Theater, and the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, where you're wolves.com slash live, and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton.
1: And I'm Leah Bonima.
0: And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Oh, That we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, What is the correct way to eat Pop-Tarts? After more than 20 years of marriage, this was the moment I realized that I'd married a serial killer. And then there's a photo of somebody eating two Pop-Tarts basically together like a sandwich. And then she continues, who eats Pop-Tarts like that? So I asked this person, oh, can we share this photo? And she's like, yes, it is definitely okay to post. Everyone needs to be warned of the possible psychopath that is walking freely among us. And then she added, I quit buying Pop-Tarts so that I can trick myself into a sense of feeling safe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I loved that so much because I think we all have somebody in our lives we see them do something in a completely different way. And we're like, oh, oh, what is happening? Oh, I
0: I look at you in a totally new way now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're like, I didn't even know this was
0: legal. So I don't think I've actually ever had a Pop-Tart, which I guess, like, when would I have? I didn't grow up with them. And as an adult, they're not currently in my house. So like, when do Pop-Tarts come up? I had never
1: had one until I started temping in New York. Okay. And then I would stop at like a bodega to grab a coffee. And then I saw they would sell single packets. So they have two Pop-Tarts. Okay. And I was like... I'm going to give this a shot. You know, I'd always seen commercials and heard about them. And they just
0: kind of look chalky. Is that sort of accurate? I
1: mean, they are a party. It's so much sugar. It's a lot of sugar. Yeah. And then if you toast them, which I don't think they're toasted in that Sammy that he made. In
0: this photo, they are not currently toasted. They seem to be raw out of the package.
1: And I mean, I I would eat them raw, but I've toasted is like a whole other level because it's the warm, sugary, melted goodness. But I would sort of pick at it and then have it with my coffee at my temp desk. So I've done both. I've never eaten it like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that happen happen.
0: Yeah. So I was looking into how people eat Pop-Tarts and a lot of actually interesting variations on the theme. Some people are making s'mores out of them. You know, you use the Pop-Tart instead of the graham crackers. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. That's a lot of sugar. Some people make ice cream sandwiches with them. Oh, wow. (laughs) Also feels like a lot of sugar. Somebody actually butters it and then microwaves it.
1: What is happening?
0: And so, so because I guess the, the, the pastry part is sort of the blander part. And so this gentleman on YouTube, which I'll link to in the show notes, was saying that like by buttering it, it makes it more delicious, which I mean, I think that's probably true. So I can't argue with that.
1: Buttering everything makes it more delicious.
0: Right. So butter your Pop-Tarts. Yeah. But it does feel like when we're thinking of like the etiquette rules, that by eating two Pop-Tarts together, you're sort of duplicating it. And it's like a food that is not eaten that way. It's sort of like eating two chocolate chip cookies together. Like we don't do that. We eat them one at a time. We don't stack them and then eat them together as like a sandwich. Right.
1: What I think is so funny about it is just that when something people do things out of the normal way it's done, that it's always just takes a person back. You're like, oh, I've been living with this person.
0: (laughs) But we can agree that that's not sort of like the correct, quote unquote, way to eat pop tarts, right? Like we just don't do that.
1: It's not the normal way to eat them.
0: Right. So is it wrong? Is it an etiquette
1: crime? I think I think it's just emotionally (laughs) affronting. I see. (laughs) The same as when that somebody wrote in about the person who bit into the Kit Kat.
0: Oh, right, yeah, like a Jaws on a boat. Right, as opposed to breaking them apart.
1: Like, I wouldn't lock them up, you know what I mean? They're not going to jail, but you're like, what does this mean about you?
0: Yeah, and so what does it mean? What does it say about the person that eats Pop-Tarts this way?
1: They're a rule breaker.
0: They don't care about society's boundaries. (laughs) That's what this says. They
1: are lawless.
0: Right, and then if they do this, what else are they capable of? Man. I guess that's really the implication. Like, (laughs) this is a gateway food item. Like, where does it end? Yeah,
1: it's that thing where I should have recognized this when I saw the Pop-Tart.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't take that seriously. (laughs) Yeah. So, should I try a Pop-Tart, or is it okay that I've gone this far?
1: I don't think that you will like it.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure I won't like it, yeah.
1: So, I think, I mean, it might be interesting if you buttered one, or if you did the s'mores... To just like really go all in. Because I, I I would want you to have it warm. Uh-huh. And so maybe if you went really over did it, you know, with the s'more one, it might be more fun. Mm. Might be like a fun thing that you did.
0: Okay. My next campfire. Our next question is quote. I'm getting married soon and I want my bridal party to know that I don't expect them to get us any gifts. I'm trying to be mindful of the fact they're spending money just to travel to join us and throw me a bachelorette party. I think I'm a low key bride and they can wear whatever they want, decide whether they want professional makeup and hair done, et cetera. And I want to be clear that I'm not expecting gifts, but I don't want to imply that people can't afford our fairly modest bridal party expenses. How can I word it? Should I read what I wrote? Sure, yeah.
1: So I think an option would be, it means so much to us to have you with us. Your support and presence are all we need for gifts.
0: Okay. So you want to go with the, your presence is our present approach.
1: Yeah. Presence with a C. Mm-hmm. And your your support and sharing this moment with us is all we want. Yeah. Is, the, is all the gift we want. Mm. Thank you so much for being here with us.
0: Mm. Why don't you like it? Well, I just don't like the no gifts wording on like the invitation. Because- we're not actually supposed to be expecting gifts. And so then you have now made it about gifts. And then now there's this weird thing about gifts now.
1: Well, I think this is going to her bridal party. So it's not on the invitation. I I assume this is like a group girls or people email.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do it as a mass email sort of thing. I think more effective, though, is probably just to tell the one best friend who knows everybody that this is kind of like what I want everybody to know. And then subcontract. Let that friend just let everybody know. Like, we don't need gifts. I think that works, too. But I would mention that some people actually like giving gifts and actually take great pleasure in that and enjoy the act of like finding something you might like and actually enjoy watching you open the gift. And so some people actually do enjoy that process. And as a reminder, gifts don't have to be expensive. They can also be tokens. And so you might not be expecting gifts, but what you're really saying is you're not expecting expensive gifts.
1: I think this person just wants to let people off the hook if you know they spent money on the things and they're, which I, I hear what you're saying. She just doesn't want people to feel like they have to spend any more money.
0: Right, that's fine. But I think everybody should just remember that gifts don't actually have to equal money necessarily. And so you could just actually say nothing and not have expectations. Don't register for the Baccarat Crystal Goblets. And if somebody wants to buy you a gift, they can just do it within their budget. And that should be fine, whatever their budget is.
1: But I do think it's totally fine if it's something that's taking up your mental space because you really want to make sure people know that to send out a group email to your bridal party and be like, you being with me is really what I want. Please don't worry about any other kind of gifts.
0: Yeah. Although I think if I receive that, I would probably then now privately message somebody else in the group and be like, what do you think this means? Who among us can't afford gifts? Like, what is this really about? Who's this email really for? I imagine, I don't know, maybe my friends are more gossipy.
1: (laughs) I don't think so. I think if my guess is that, Like say I sent that out. I think everybody would know that it was because I was feeling like I don't want people to take
0: on. If you sent it out, yes, we would know that this is about your crippling anxiety (laughs) and that you (laughs) were trying to avoid, avoid that. Sure. Okay.
1: And I think that this person is, people aren't going to think that they're thinking that there's one person who's a.
0: Yeah, maybe not.
1: But also I think the thing that you said about telling one.
0: The bridesmaid.
1: Yeah. the maid of honor. And then they tell the other people that works too.
0: Yeah. I mean, if the idea is to get the word out, like that, that would also work. All right, so if we agree that we can send an email, then I guess, how do we word it? I guess that's the question.
1: I think just send it from the heart. It means so much to her that they're spending this time with her and supporting her and being there to celebrate this moment. And that's all the gift that she wants.
0: Yeah, I guess if you are gonna send that email, that direct, polite, what is this really about? Let's not try and be clever. Let's not try and like have a little poem and just like straight up just say like, it's really not something I'm expecting and like, don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. And just say how you really feel that their friendship and them sharing this with you is what you really want.
0: So our next question is quote, it's a mother-in-law question. She comes and visits about twice a year. And the first time she came, she was appalled because we do not have tissues in the house. So I made sure that the next time she came, I had tissues for her. Well, then she was annoyed because they did not have lotion and it bothered her nose. So then the next time she came, I made sure they were lotion tissues. And then she was annoyed because the lotion also bothered her nose. So I guess looking back at this, I'm just wondering, for guests, what are correct expectations of the host? And for a host, how can we be accommodating without just losing our minds?
1: What I think is so funny is that it's not really a question for guests. This is a specific guest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, one person. Yeah. This is also not about tissues. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. It's always (laughs) going to be something. So it's not like a friend is over and is like, what's up with your tissues? Right. And then your friend comes back and be like, this isn't my lotion. I don't think that would happen outside of the specific guest we're
0: talking Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. I mean, there are just relationships that we have where you can't win. You just can't win. You will never win. You will never be able to win here. And so I think just acknowledging that is going to go a long way in your sanity. Mm -hmm.
1: Because I don't think as for if this was just a question about hosts and guests in general, Mm. I don't think that a guest would bring up that it's not the kind of tissue they like. No. I think a guest would try to figure out how to make do. They might go to the washroom and pull a tissue paper. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be, the guest would try to figure it, you know?
0: Yeah. Or the guest would be like, Oh, I'm coming to town. Would you mind picking up this specific brand for me? As opposed to like, these tissues are wrong, but I'm not going to tell you which ones are right. I'm just going to let you guess.
1: I can't imagine asking my host to get me tissues. I would just bring <laughs> my, if I had like such particular tissue taste, I would bring it with me.
0: I mean, uh, tissues is maybe the wrong example, but there could be like a specific type of milk that you drink for your coffee. Like let's say you're a, a whole milk only kind of person. So you could request like, oh, would you mind picking up some whole milk for coffee? If you knew you are going to a household that like, had their coffee black and didn't keep milk in the house. Like that could be a request. I would
1: do it if they asked me, hey, do you have any requests? But if they didn't ask me and I was going to be a guest in their house, I would be like, when they picked me up or when I got there, I'd be like, I'm just going to do a run because I love having whole milk.
0: Yeah, no, that would be the nicer way to do it.
1: I don't think I would send in advance my requesting list of things I expected (laughs) to be in the household.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess if not invited to do so. So yeah, what do we do about uh, this mother-in-law?
1: I think what you said is perfect. That the it just in the acknowledging that it's always going to be a thing. Yeah. And if there's some way in one's mind to know that this is just their behavior and somehow find a way in your person to... like, this isn't about me.
0: Yeah, this is not about you. Well, actually, I mean, this is about you. It is about you. this person doesn't like you. Yeah, but
1: there's nothing (laughs) you can do about it. They're going to behave this way.
0: Probably not, yeah. I mean, the only thing you probably could do maybe is before the next trip say, I know the tissues I've previously gotten were not the best for you. Please let me know what brand and type I should pick up and ask.
1: I think you could actually send an email if you want to make it work. You could also just be like, this woman's never going to be happy and I'm going to try not to let it affect me. I'm going to be the best host I can be, but probably something will be wrong. I'm going to just move along. Or you could send an email and be like, excited to that you're coming to visit. Lie, lie, lie. <laughs> just kidding. I'm excited to come to visit. Do you have anything specific that you would like in the house?
0: Well, and this type of person is going to write back saying,
1: no. But then when they say, oh, this isn't my type of tissue, then you could be like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I asked you. I didn't realize you wanted something because you didn't bring it up.
0: Oh, you think this person has trouble with cognitive dissonance?
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, at least you have <laughs> covered all your bounds and you could be like, it really isn't me. I did everything. I see. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure after the tissues, it's going to be something else. So you can say, I blanket asked you.
0: Yeah, I mean, on some level, where is the child whose mother this is in this story?
1: Oh, staying out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're they're smart. They're smart. Yeah. So it's a lose-lose for that person. Yeah, that's true. You can't win that one either. Yeah. But I think for all the mother-in-laws out there, and we do hear from them, you know, we do actually get correspondence from them when we have all these mother-in-law stories and mother-in-laws write in and be like, I'm not like that. So we know it's a, a generalization, but- If there's part of you that does stuff like this, take a moment and think, maybe I shouldn't.
1: Maybe I should just have a little lotion in my pocket that I can add to tissues. Yeah,
0: maybe you should know that like, uh, you're giving other mother-in-laws a bad name. So uh, (laughs) knock it off. (laughs) And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes.
1: And now you see how the title is ironic.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So
1: much is going on. We already, we start at 10.
0: what is the proper etiquette for boarding a plane when there are no assigned seats and patrons are assigned a boarding number? Recently, I was in this situation. My number was A44. When my group was called, I approached the station where my number was supposed to queue and asked the woman standing there what her number was. She answered A47. I replied, I'm A44. It was then clear she would not move to let me in. So I stood to the side and I merged in once the line started moving. As I merged in ahead, the woman mumbled under her breath something about my need to get ahead of her. For a moment, I thought perhaps I had misheard her number and I was indeed cutting in ahead. But a quick glance at her boarding pass showed I had not. Was I incorrect? For this particular airline, I had to go online 24 hours ahead to check in and get the boarding number.
1: These kind of boarding situations stress me out so much because there are people that just cut, they get up there, they push. Yeah. They're absolutely incorrect. Yeah. But then you are forced to be aggressive. To get the thing that you paid for or waited in line for or got on, you know, on online, meaning online, online. You know what I mean? Like you did your job to get online early, to get your ticket number early. And then this person is being like, oh, you want to be so pushy when they're being pushy. Yeah. They're not following the number order.
0: Yeah. I have a flight attendant friend who describes the process of people like crowding the gate, gate lice. (laughs) 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 So... Yeah, I mean, this situation is designed by airlines to make people actually be miserable so that you'll pay more money to be slightly less miserable and have a higher number or board sooner or make sure you won't run out of bin space. So it is designed to be terrible. Like this is actually a business decision by airlines to just make it unpleasant. So that's working.
1: It's so stressful. And our letter writer, you're not incorrect. It was the other person was forcing you to have to merge in front of them because they didn't, they know that 47 comes after 44. It's, it's numerically always <laughs> been in that order. 47 has never come before 44.
0: So benefit of the doubt, Leah Bonama style. Now, I assume this is Southwest Airlines. I don't (laughs) think any other airline does it, so I don't know why we're being coy. It sounds like Southwest. And so the idea basically for anybody who hasn't flown Southwest in a while is that- you basically line up in the exact order that you're supposed to actually get on the plane. So you really will board right after A43 if you're A44. And the idea is that the queuing area and the boarding area, you're actually supposed to line up such that like you'll get ready to roll so that you really will board the plane one to you know 200. So that is not how most airlines do it. So I can see a world that this person is not familiar with this and was perhaps confused and just thought like, oh, all of us together in this group, A40 through A50, we all just kind of go at the same time. It's not actually in order. There's a world in which that's possible.
1: There is a very far away. You
0: think that's remote?
1: Very far away. And a world with very few moons and <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. Only on Tatooine is this happening.
1: Not a lot of not a lot of dense atmosphere. Okay. That is possible because it's numbered. And I guess in this world, numbers also don't go in order. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, benefit of the doubt, she doesn't understand how we're lining up in order. I do believe that people announce it. Hey, we are also when they buy the tickets, they don't get their, their seat assignment. So they know they have to check in the day before. So she did check in the day before. So she does know.
0: She does know certain things.
1: So if you had just shown up at the airport and you hadn't purchased the tickets online where I'm sure they told you you had to check in the next day and then she hadn't checked in and gotten that number, then I could be like, okay.
0: Right, okay, yeah. No, I mean, it's remote. I'm just trying to be charitable. It's a whole new me. So I think the whole muttering under your breath, that is always a little tricky when it comes to etiquette unless you are sure you are correct in the etiquette situation. Unless you are sure an etiquette crime is being committed against you, If you're not, I don't think we mutter. And even if you are correct, muttering is always a little provocative because it comes across as passive aggressive, which we want to avoid. So I don't care for that.
1: Well, this woman really set my, not our letter writer, the lady, because A, she's cutting line. She's trying to get in front of people. And then when the person is 44 before 47 doing what's actually right, like she got caught. She should back up. Then she's going to mutter. Then she's going to mutter and be like real passive aggressive about it. And that's why I'm so upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't stand it. You're not, follow the rules. You're 47. She's 44. That's how it works.
0: And I do find that people that break the rules and then get caught, they tend to be indignant. And I think that's what's happening here. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. I don't care for that. And it's trying to twist it around. I mean, it's, it's that classic example of like, you didn't do anything wrong. Somebody did something wrong and it's trying to make you feel bad. Yeah. So-
1: I don't like it at all. It's a classic story. Classic story. I've heard it
0: before. Beast in the beast. Never ends. Our next question is, quote, my husband, we'll call him Jose, and his cousin, we'll call him Carlos, are Spanish-English bilingual with Spanish as their native language. As such, they usually speak Spanish together in one-on-one conversation. Carlos's wife, we'll call her Lisa, and I are native English speakers. I have intermediate Spanish competency and Lisa has beginner competency. Recently, while the four of us were enjoying some lovely family time together, Carlos and Jose were discussing horseback riding in Spanish. Overhearing their conversation, I added a comment and a question in English. Lisa quickly began to answer my question in detail, but it soon became obvious that she thought the conversation had been about cooking and was providing a great deal of information that was completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Carlos, Jose, and I were then faced with the dilemma of whether we should point out this misunderstanding to Lisa or leave it unaddressed and move on to another topic. It seemed as though each of the three of us were waiting to see if anyone else knew what the correct course of action was, resulting in much awkward eye contact. Ultimately, we defaulted to moving on to another topic without addressing the misunderstanding, although I fear that Lisa may have picked up on our discomfort. How does etiquette dictate that a situation like this should have been handled? Should we have ignored this misunderstanding and moved on to a different topic like we did? Or should the misunderstanding have been addressed? And if so, what would the most appropriate, kind, and delicate way to do so have been? Your advice would be greatly appreciated.
1: This question is so interesting because I feel like it so much depends on who Lisa is as a person.
0: Okay.
1: And my relationship with her.
0: Okay.
1: Elaborate. Like, I have friends. I understand what our letter writer is saying. Like, when there's three people who sense something is off and then you feel guilty that the other person doesn't get what the three of you. Mm-hmm. That the three of you are thinking, oh, she misunderstood the word. Right. So you don't want that person to feel bad. You don't want the person to feel bad. Is it worse that the person will feel bad later that everybody knew or that if you corrected it now and you don't want to correct somebody. But then that's why I think it sort of is like, is... I have a lot of friends that they're learning in a new language. They want to be like, oh, I think you thought that we were talking about this. And this is actually the word for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you got to jump on these things as soon as they happen. Right away. And they don't get better the longer you wait.
1: Yeah. It's got to be right away.
0: Yeah. It needed to be like, oh, Lisa, we were actually talking about montar a caballo, not bistec a caballo. And then just like, that's that. And actually, have you ever had bistec a caballo? No, I haven't. It's this Colombian thing. It's where you put like a sunny side egg over a steak. It's very good. Oh no, I so, haven't had that at all. I don't know what horseback food conversation they were having, but I just assume it's bisteca caballo.
1: I mean, that seems it
0: seems plausible.
1: Like a solid guess of what it is. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a big there's nothing wrong with the fact that she got it wrong. No. So that way you could just point it out. Yeah. But it has to be done right away.
0: Right away. And you just do it in a nice, non-judgmental way, which is like, oh Lisa, we were actually just talking about horseback riding. And then she'd be like, oh, I, I heard blah, blah, blah. And then we move on. But yeah, the waiting, and then now we're keeping secrets. And now Lisa's like, oh, what what is wrong? Like, I don't know why they're all being shifty-eyed. <laughs> like, that's uncomfortable.
1: I also think that sometimes, for me, I know I'd be like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I got that wrong. And then I would go into my head and be like, maybe she's right and I'm wrong. And then I'm like, what is happening? And then five minutes has passed. So that's why I totally understand why that happens. Yeah. I also think for, like, if Lisa was brand new to the group, You know what I mean? Lisa's married. Right. She's married into this family, like with you, and like, you guys are all relatives.
0: Yeah, and so I think it's totally fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. We were talking about horseback riding.
1: And I think as a person, like I like learning a new language, I like to know what word I thought was another word.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a learning opportunity as well. The key is just like, are you doing it in a nice way?
1: No, I think that's what it is. Just presenting it like non-judgmentally. And then also I do think that what I was trying to say is that some people like to learn and they don't feel embarrassed in front of, and then some people get very embarrassed. And so that would be a key Part to the equation for me. What type of person is it?
0: So, if Lisa is somebody who is embarrassed easily, though, I think it's still better to embarrass her early and quickly rather (laughs) than later. (laughs) So, either way, I think we arrive at the same place.
1: Or it's just move on faster or correct faster.
0: Move on faster. Yes. If we moved on real fast such that there was no like awkward silence or shifty eye glances, then that is an option. Yeah, I'll give you that.
1: Well, I'm saying if you've already moved on, then move on.
0: Right, right. Yeah. You can't go back. Don't go back. Don't belabor the point.
1: Yeah. You can't go back.
0: Be like, oh, actually yesterday. Do you
1: remember yesterday? When
0: we had that conversation. When you said biblioteca. And it was actually not. (laughs) I just want to let you know.
1: I just want to let you know I've been thinking about it for 24 hours.
0: Well, speaking of biblioteca, our next thing is something we got from a listener, which was, quote, I recently came across this amusing article about someone returning, after 32 years, a library book. The note that accompanied it was rude, don't you think? What would have been the proper thing to do in this situation? Also, note the book title. And so the book is titled, Manners Make a Difference. (laughs) And the note is a little yellow post-it note and says, sorry, just 32 years overdue. Call it Catholic guilt, smiley face. So... What do we think of this? I think it's such a funny picture
1: that it's the, the book being manners.
0: Yeah, it's poetic. Yeah, it's poetic. And just to be clear, it is rude to borrow things and not return them. And that does include library books. So if anybody out there has library books that are overdue, return them, please. That is polite.
1: I under, for some reason, I immediately felt like this person didn't realize they had it and they found it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, they weren't actively keeping they this weren't actively manners hiding for it. 32 years.
1: Um, So that was sort of somehow implied in
0: that photo to me. Um, With the idea of Catholic guilt? Yes. So the Catholic guilt part, are they guilty that they kept it for 32 years? Or are they feeling guilty about returning it? I think what the person who wrote
1: the sticky note is saying is basically like in their mind, they're like, how ridiculous that I would return this after 32 years, but I have to return it because I have Catholic guilt.
0: Oh, I see. I can't just keep this book forever. I must return it.
1: Yeah. Even though it's already been so long, I'm going to have to return it now that I realize that I didn't do it because I have Catholic guilt. Okay, that's my reading.
0: I mean, I think you should also just return it and it has nothing to do with feeling guilty. That's just the correct thing to do. <laughs> yeah, but
1: I <laughs> I actually wrote that exactly. I wrote that I think we should all want to return things, not just because we feel guilty. <laughs>
0: like guilt is should not be the emotion that is required to make us like return our neighbor's lawn clippers.
1: But I mean, also if it motivates you to get that done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess whatever it takes to get the thing returned. Yeah, I guess we'll take we'll take guilt then. <laughs> But I think it would be nice to not just return the book, but uh, pay the fine. Yeah, I think you should pay the fine. I think that would be nice for this poor library that uh, has been missing this book for three decades.
1: I wonder what the fine is on that.
0: Funny you should ask. So I looked into that and this actually took place in Eastern England. So it was in pounds. But if you translate to dollars, it's about $1,100. Oh, wow. So serious fine for 30 years, but I think this library probably could use a, a thousand bucks. So something to consider if you really feel guilty. Might want to write a check.
1: What do you think our letter writer finds to be the rudest part?
0: I think our letter writer is bothered, and I'm a little bothered by it, by the casual nature of the post-it note. The smiley face, it feels like the weight of the apology is not sufficient for the crime committed.
1: Oh, I understand.
0: Feels like they're taking it a little lightly. And I, I want a little more repentance out of this. I want a little more like, I'm so sorry that this happened. I want a little more deeper regret than just a anonymous post-it note.
1: Okay. I couldn't tell if it was the term Catholic guilt or if it was the post-it note. So that's why I just wanted, you know, I always want more. I'm like, I want more details. I want You're more greedy, about Leah. your feelings. I'm greedy. I'm greedy with our our letter writers. Give me all the details.
0: But I think that's probably what was rude about it is that it was sort of a little too casual. And I think I, I think we want a little more thoughtfulness. Mm. And I think it's that mm, lack of thoughtfulness. Mm, mm, mm. Like you were already thoughtless by like forgetting to return this book. And you've just sort of compounded that by just sort of like tossing the book back with a post-it note and being like, sorry.
1: Which ironically is about manners.
0: They clearly didn't read it. (laughs) Because if they read it, they probably would have finished reading it and returned it 32 years ago. So they just never got around to it.
1: At least they brought it back.
0: Although I actually looked into this manners book and it's so antiquated and outdated that it's like, this is not a useful reference material anymore.
1: They could have brought that one back and then also gifted the library a new one.
0: Yeah, there was just a lot of missed opportunities here, but oh well. So do you have some etiquette questions for us? that are overdue let us know send them to us and we'll waive the fine you can send them to us through our website wolvescom or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message 267-CALL-RBW and we'll see you next time bye bye